Welcome back to the PSB podcast. Today, we sit down with Eric Traeger and Bree Barker of Traeger Strength. We talk about the different training methods, the struggle of differentiating the lower RPEs in training, Traeger's own history in powerlifting and balancing full-time coaching and training. Plus, we introduce a segment called Beef of the Week, where we air out our current grievances about the world. For those that don't know, everyone in this episode besides Traeger is actually coached by Traeger. So it's a fun episode to dig into. Thanks so much for listening. And now the PSB pod, the Traeger strength episode. So I feel like I was thinking about this today. You know, there may be some issue with people going from the sand hell combo racks to that one, you know, like, I mean, I don't know, as far as like setup and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like obviously, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of obvious, but yeah. Right. What, what kind of issues you mean? Just not, not like issues, just like, you know, a very different feel. Oh you know I mean? yeah. Like, yeah. like it's flatter and it's uh, more dense and then the road rack is yeah. thicker right. and it's awesome. Like Nick was talking about today, like he didn't quite figure out yet where to like put his feet. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he trained yeah. on the ER rack at Olympus. So, I think the foot thing... Because, like, it's a fat pad. It should generally feel better. should generally be more supportive. But, you know, I think the biggest issue is, like, figuring out where to put your feet, basically. Yeah. It's also, like, wider, I believe. Yeah, because I feel like I can kind of, like, squeeze the pad with my legs almost when it's a fat pad. And I kind of, yeah. like, get a little bit more out of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't benched on it. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, you haven't benched in the... Com- you haven't... You also don't even squat in the combo rack ever. Um, I typically will do my high bars. Usually oh, yeah, high bars. Yeah. I just don't... I don't squat out of the combo only because usually when I'm training, there are other people who want to like bench or whatever. And I don't like squatting out of the combo unless... There's just nobody else in the gym that I can. Mm-hmm. I just don't like taking like a good bench away from someone in the gym mm-hmm. who would want it. I hate it when people do that already, and so yeah. I don't want to be that person. <laughs> but I always binge out of the combos unless the combos are completely taken. There was a yeah. was it a Monday I came in, and all of the racks were taken, and they were all squatting. Not a single person was benching. <laughs> all the combo racks were, were, were like squats, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm benching out of a squat rack. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't like the end of the world. It's more like you get used to being able to, and then it gets taken away from you. Yeah, just spoiled, you know. Well, it's like in my mind, I'm like, it's my gym. I should be able to do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But then really, it's like, you know, I, I always try to not take equipment away from other people. You know, like if I'm coming in, even if it's like my primary day, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to take this away from other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go work in with that's whoever. The, that's the responsible gym owner mindset. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I did just if it's, say I don't squat on the combo rack so that other people can use it. Yeah. I did just say it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> no, I, I have was, uh, I have had days where I'll like wait for like a good rack to use. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like when I took that um, that uh, two sixty squat equipped oh, squat. Yeah. Yeah. I waited for the rogue rack. Yeah. I'm like, no, I, w- I want to squat out of the rogue rack today. Yeah. yeah. Even just squatting out of the thing feels more secure. Really? Yeah. I will say there was a point during it was after our grand opening that um we squatted after that and i was squatting out of the combo rack and i was like it like messed me up because i wasn't used to it and 
it was close enough to like us starting like really preparing for um, states mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, I gotta start <laughs> squatting on the corner because it really did mess me up. Um, so during prep, I tip attend to. I don't do it all the time, but I feel like I squat better in power racks. I feel like I still haven't gotten used to yeah. squatting out of an ER rack. For honestly. me, it's the spotter arms or like strap something like the protective like something. Yeah, like I like I like that feeling mm-hmm. of like being enclosed in something and like having like <laughs> visual reference space. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like feel like if you need to bail, you know, it's not like yeah. You know. I well, I did get really good at bailing in the garage when we had the garage gym, but um, <laughs> I don't want to have to bail on a concrete. Yeah. It's a helmet. miracle that we didn't crack that concrete because yeah. you dumped like three hundred. I don't know. You dump you dumped three thirty on that. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't remember. But you also didn't it dump it from the top. No, no, no. It was not three thirty <laughs> because I had hit three twenty five when we first started. Oh, okay. Um, well, it maybe it was like three twenty. It was a. It was. Low 300s. But you didn't really dump it from the top because it kind of, it, it, it caught your hair in yeah. your belt on this the way down. So that kind of, it lost some speed there. So it wasn't going full speed from the yeah. top. But yeah. I mean, even then, it's, yeah, not not ideal. All that to say, I do prefer a squat rack mm-hmm. with the straps, personally. It's like David Wilson just squatted like 705 for a triple, you know, in his garage and like, I would love to do that, but like, I don't have the confidence really to go above like a single at like two fifteen, like four seventy. Like I don't yeah, know. It's just right. Gotta like call some friends, have them spot you. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Did you see I... what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything over like four fifty, there's no way I would trust. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even bother like putting her life in danger. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Elise and Cody, Cody, no, Elise was doing some kind of squat and Cody was being her back spotter and she did miss it. Mm. He ended up like hurting his, it was a lot. I don't remember how much it was, but he did end up hurting because it was in their garage. He ended up hurting oh, his shoulder gotcha. or his mm-hmm. elbow or something. Um, and he had to like deload for like three or four weeks because like he couldn't, like his elbow hurt or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned uh, David Wilson, that what was it, 705 for mm-hmm. three. Did you see what he did on his rack? For that? Oh, that the, he like <laughs> racked it like low. Yeah, that's well, smart. He set up two. So he set up two yeah, sets of J hooks, uh, hooks, and he unracked it off the top one. But I guess by the third one, it's like he's not able to get it back up as high. Like it slid down his back. It's just he's just more compressed. So he set up another set of J hooks below it so that he could rack it lower. I thought that was super so smart idea. Yeah. hilarious, but also yeah. really that smart. That comes from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only. Yeah. I, I love David. Like, she knows. Like, I love David. It, it's Seriously. It's literally like a bromance. In his head. David, David doesn't know. <laughs> well, yeah, he doesn't know. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't know. But like, he knows who I am. Like, he, like I've met him. Yeah. 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 I feel like you've yeah. had your fair share of having, like, um, a, a uh, single-sided a one, a one relationship. Way, really? <laughs> I, I, I've actually met uh, met him also at yeah. 2019 Raw Nationals. He was one of the yeah. few guys that I talked to because um, yeah. it was right before that meet that he had like a pretty bad injury, like a month or two out. Oh and yeah, he came back and yeah. still like hit a PR yeah. and was in the like top wow. five. I think like it was it was really impressive comeback. So yeah, cool. I met him obviously 2018 Collegiate Nationals was in College Station, Texas. Um, I like went to his gym, like met him like, well, sort of twice, like warmed up, like he had lifters competing. So I was talking to him there. 
um, got a picture with him at his gym, um, and then 2019 Nationals, I saw him, like, in the lobby, and, um, like, I, I was, like, obviously, I was, like, oh, my God, it's David, you know, <laughs> like, went up to him, like, he remembered me, and he said, like, I know I have a picture with you, and, like, yeah, I was, like, talking to him for a bit. He's just, like, really, like, genuinely nice, like, um... Didn't you meet his dog, too? I met his dog. I met his dad. I met his dad, too, who actually passed away, um, I think, like, a month before he competed at Worlds. Right. I remember I remember yeah. seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, he's kind of, like, inspiration for us lanky people that yeah. can actually get strong. <laughs> no, I mean... Us lanky people. I mean, I... He, yeah. like, I just watch him, like... I feel like he kind of inspires me to, like, train a little bit harder sometimes because he tra- trains, like, really hard. Like, all, like, I feel like out of anybody that I follow, like, consistently, he's pushing, like, high RPEs, like, pretty often. Um, yeah. I feel like he's also just kind of someone who's maybe not, like, the most, like, genetically gifted person who just has kind of, like, worked hard for years and, like, it's shown up and, you know... That gives me hope. I feel like. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I can tell when I get like Android videos. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like I film it in 4K because Travis told me he said, "Oh, you should try 4K. It's way it's way better." My photos are fantastic. I mm-hmm. like all the photos on the PSP page. Almost like 98 percent of them are from my phone. Mm-hmm. So it's like fantastic camera like uh, picture quality. But my videos look great. I send them through Instagram, and then they're just like pixels. <laughs> Legitimate, like the most um, fuzzy looking. Like it looks like it's been like someone that breathed be on I, I, I'm pretty sure that that Apple is Instagram. paying them to just keep it terrible quality because there's no reason that it should. It uses yeah. the same like compression yeah. algorithm, right? It should look the same. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if it's on Messenger, if I put it on my story, on my post, it doesn't matter, it all comes out looking the same. Even though when I'm putting it on there and I'm typing up the caption and everything, (laughs) it looks great, and then it, like, just, it's gone. Well, whatever you, like, post looks a lot better. Well, wait, actually... No, it doesn't. I know it doesn't. I think stories look better than posts. I think so, too, but I also can use different... That's that's the same on iPhone. ...filters on stories. I feel like your posts look a lot better than what you sent me. No. I don't, uh, to me, I don't know. Probably. But I don't know what you're seeing because like, it might look different on your end. Than oh, mine. that's true. Yeah. I don't know. But the posts look terrible and I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> Record your videos on a professional camera. That's what I need to do. Yeah. But then like, where would I... I'd have to put it on my phone or on a computer to post it, right? You'd have you to can like transfer, transfer it. Yeah. You can do a wireless transfer on that one. If you record it in like a certain format, then it's you just yes, you hit a button on there, you hit still, a button on here. And that's what, but like it would have to be on a computer. I can't do it. No, you do it for your No, phone. if I could do it, no, if I do it from my phone, it'll compress the quality when I upload. Oh, it. so I would oh, have to do point. it from a computer. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Well, even if you do it from a computer, it still it doesn't. It's only on iPhone that it's good quality. Listen, I just got to pay this one off. <laughs> I don't know. I've had like a year or something. I don't know. Yeah. You just have to keep accepting terrible videos. <laughs> okay. Uh, why is the lifting is good? And I'm not overshooting deadlifts. For, mm-hmm. We're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what Britton said earlier. 
he was like, oh, that was so easy. How do you even gauge a five? I was like, I asked Traeger because I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I just let him tell me what it is. Yeah, it doesn't, I don't know, like, fives and sixes and stuff, like, it doesn't matter as long as it's, like, something that you feel like is, like, within the ballpark that's just, like, stupid easy. Like, as long as you get, like, the stimulus, like, it's, like, something that's, like, easy to recover from, in my in my view, like, it's fine. I'm not gonna nitpick, you know? Yeah. It's more when I get into the higher RPEs that I'm really bad at judging, like, what it is. Because, like, it feels different than it looks, um, and then it goes from, like, an eight to a ten, in a matter of like two and a half kilos. Oh, I can judge a nine really. <laughs> I can judge a nine a hell of a lot better than I can judge a six, honestly. Yeah. At this yeah. point, I'd rather like undershoot a little bit mm-hmm. for the sake of you know mm-hmm. hitting better numbers long. Well, your your top sets right now, like farther away from a meet, are more like practice. You know, just yeah. like greasing the groove, like hitting heavy, challenging stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Do you feel like a higher RPE single is easier to gauge, like, where it is than lower? Personally, for me, six and seven, everything feels about the same. Huh. Until, I said, it's the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, six they're, and seven. Yeah, they're the same. Six and seven, to me, are <laughs> so hard to rate, personally. Um, I have I have, like, a meltdown at least, like, and I talk to her about this all the time, like specifically like on bench, like I'll send Marcellus a video that just doesn't feel like I have like four or three reps left. And he's like, oh, you could, like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I'm perceiving the exertion. Like, I feel like also as like a heavier lifter, like personal experience, I tend to like gas out quicker. Like I can make something move really easily, but then, you know, I can go up a little bit and it'll get challenging really quick. Um, but I feel like for me, if I'm, if I had to like, you know, throw darts at like a target, like nail my RPE, I could probably do it easier with like a nine, like an eight or a nine than I could like a six or a seven. Yeah. Cause like yeah. there are some, there are some weights that like my thing is like, there are weights that I can make move like a six or seven, but like specifically reps in reserve, I know I don't have those in me, but like, you know, does it matter? You know, if I'm not actually taking the set to a, you know, a true 10, um, you know, and I'm still just getting the benefits of RP, like auto regulating and stuff like that. Like it is what it is, I guess. So hmm. I, I, Try not to overthink it because if I do, it leads me down this rabbit hole that makes me feel not so good about my training decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been there. Yeah. Being that three of us are all trained by. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a point in the gym earlier when I was like, <laughs> like Nick was there, and I was like, damn, like I coach all of these people. I've, I've had those moments at Olympus too, like where there's like a bunch of my lifters, like, you know, five or whatever. I'm like, damn, I'm in charge of all these people. <laughs> Dynasty. I, I hold the authority here. Mm. <laughs> I tell you what to do. <laughs> and that's what I was telling, because I, I mostly do personal training. Mm-hmm. And all my clients I was with this week, I was like, yeah, my coach is going to be here this weekend. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I was like, I got to make sure I do everything right. <laughs> Can't skip any accessories. Can't skip any accessories. <laughs> Can't move it till tomorrow. Like. I remember there was one time 
It was after I flew back from Chicago, and it was the day after, and I drove up to Olympus to train because it was the week before battle. Oh, yeah. And I had an SPD day, and it was my heaviest day of the block. I remember. So I drove for like two hours to get to Olympus, and then it took me like three, three and a half hours to train, and I got done with my last deadlift, and I'm packing up. And he was like, what, are you not going to do your accessories? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you can't just give me this one time. Like, yeah. Damn. That's savage. So. I don't know how you do it after handling all day. Honestly, I don't know how you... I I've, had, I've had some of my best sessions after handling. Honestly, I don't either. But, like, when I was at the Lion's Den meet, like, that was one of the better training sessions I think I've ever had. And I felt, like, pretty tired. Like, I was up since... Well, like 5.30 probably that day, like on my feet, loading plates and everything. But like, it doesn't seem to affect me in that same, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. But, you think it's just cause you're, you're used to doing that. Like you've handled it so many meets and it's just something your body's used to. Maybe. Um, I do feel like maybe part of it is just like, I'm kind of excited to lift after that. Like I, I kind of see like people competing, pushing themselves. Like I, like. At the Lions Den me, honestly, I was handling Matt Octaviano, and, like, he's somebody that, like, I've, like, watched get a lot stronger over the years, and seeing him compete kind of pushed me a little bit, you know? Um, but, yeah, because, like, that session went so much better than the session the week before it did, like, and it just shouldn't have on paper, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm 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 tired. Yeah. Finally. I'm tired as shit. Like by the end of it, like honestly, like I'm tired. Like I don't like I I don't want to train, and we ended up being there until oh, ten thirty talking to Amy after that. But you <laughs> that's know. not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I don't think we left there until like eleven. And you guys drove yeah. back home. Yeah, we drove straight. Yeah, it's only like an hour. And I do think minutes, that so. makes a difference too, though. Is when you're able to train closer to where the meet was versus having to travel and oh, train. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, when, let's say the meet a couple weeks ago, the, um, the, what was it called? The Iron Beast. Um, mm -hmm. we drove back the full, like, two hours and then trained after. Mm -hmm. And Brenton and I were just, <laughs> it was like, I just have to do it. And I, and then doesn't matter what's on there, just do it and get it over. Because yeah. it's like, I'd rather just deal with it now than have to be like, feel guilty about not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember after prime, like, uh, like prime time was probably the session I felt the worst. Um, that was an intense day. <laughs> that was, that's understandable. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, I don't know why, like, I, like, that was my first time, like, ever meeting anybody that I was coached by in person. Like, well, well I have met him before, but like training with them and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I had like a, average session but it wasn't like great and you know well to be fair we had also been up since 3 a.m that day we moved in the day before oh that's oh, right so wow. i was i was probably yeah now that i think of it that was probably a bigger reason and we but. drove to we drove here the morning of we woke up at didn't 3 a.m from raleigh didn't you go and like pick up like all your plates and stuff yes and then i did go home? i got them uh, i i went to charlotte or well like like the lake norman area to get the plates from my parents basement and then we took all of those we didn't leave there until like midnight, so I think we got home at like two thirty ish. I don't know so how you do it. like a solid twenty four hour day. Do you day. sleep or do you drive? <laughs> I drove back that night. 
I Honestly, drove back to Raleigh that night. I remember being wide awake that car ride. Oh like we had, like we had, we like, always have like com- these, great like, conversations. We don't even turn music on or podcasts or anything. Like we literally just talk the whole way home. Yeah. Like every time we come home from a meet, I'm like, usually like I'm usually so full of like <laughs> powerlifting yeah, and yeah. excitement. Yeah. Talk about yeah. the meet and talk about his training and like what he wants to do for the future and then like you know everything yeah. that happened and yeah. So, we don't use that. So there's no sleeping. <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst at driving at night. I can't. I can't do it. Like honestly, if we were going for anything that late, I'd be like, we yeah. have to get a hotel. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I better he's driving because I'll, I'll like fall asleep while I'm driving. I can't. I can't do it. Oh, see, I there's no way I could I could ever fall asleep while I'm driving. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like it doesn't matter how tired I am. Like I I think my worst fear is like a car accident. So mm-hmm. I'm like. I, mentally in my head I'm like I don't care if I'm like dead when I get home I'm staying awake because I'm not going to be dead right here <laughs> so like I refuse to die this way I will crawl so. in the house like it doesn't matter but yeah I typically drive back from meets mm-hmm. you drive two and I drive back mm-hmm. I drive team effort both Marshall doesn't drive oh wow uh oh you don't know well, he can so drive what? but he doesn't he doesn't do the long distance driving he can no. do like Driving to and from work, driving to and from yeah. the grocery store, but like, <laughs> I'm the one that drives the long distance. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I typically drive back is because all day throughout the meet, he's probably missed like a ton of people lifting, so he needs oh, like to go back sit in the look. car. Yeah. And, get and it's back always to on a Saturday, and like yeah. Yeah. pretty so much I everybody drive. I coach lifts on Saturday. Yeah. Right. So I drive so he can just like get back to people and stuff. It is funny though because the day. As far as like the training on Saturday goes, because there's so many trigger athletes competing on our Sunday open day, yeah, that I've seen so many people like shift their training yeah. a little bit. <laughs> like Josh yeah. Wagner, I'd be like, oh, Josh is training on Sundays now. <laughs> Actually, Josh is the last person. Josh is the last person that officially has to do it. She, I've I've tried to get her to do it, but she no. just doesn't want to lift on Sunday. So what we no. did, she 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 competed on Sunday at winter record. So what I'm gonna do is just. For that final week, just do everything a day later, and it'll it'll pace out the right way. So it'll trickle down. Yeah. I work an eight to five job every day throughout the week. I want my Sunday before I go back to work on Monday, and I will not give it up. Yep. Will not. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I don't care. I don't like. Says the guy who makes me stay here till like nine p.m. on Sundays. Oh, listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> He's like, I'm doing stuff. I'm doing stuff. It's like, you asked us to ride here together. <laughs> it's either doing stuff here or doing stuff I'd at home. I'd rather do stuff at home on the couch, honestly. Yeah, yeah, like, I'd rather do fair. all, like, the training and programs and, you know, all that stuff at home. Hey, that's my Sunday. Yeah. But at least you get, like, you get to do it at home. Like, you get to chill and do it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess when you, like, when you're here all day, every day, you don't want to. I don't personally want to be here on Sunday. If I, if I, I own a gym, though, I would live there. Like, that's what David Wilson did, is he, like, because I, like, I, I observed this, like, he, he brings his meals there, he came there when he, when he still owned it. He basically lived there all day. I think that would be really We're cool. literally looking at living here, because there's a unit <laughs> available down there that, that is zoned for both commercial and residential. Wow. So, we're actually uh, thinking, the yeah, at the very um, end of the building, we're actually thinking long-term of, um, oh, of like, buying, so. Right. That would make it so easy. 
But then you guys might be bothered. You might want to put some soundproofing in here. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like... It's well, already pretty well separated. But, I mean, right now, we already, like, we're in my office here right now where I work, you know, at least three to four days a week. Yeah. Um, you know, and then she's in here all, all you know, the entire day. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're already getting to that point. Mm-hmm. But I imagine if, you know, if you have a Sunday where you're doing a bunch of programming, uh, you know, I imagine just, you know, chilling out at the gym is probably a nice place to be. Yeah. How long does it normally take you? Uh, you know, because you've got quite a few athletes now. And mm-hmm. um, I imagine that, you know, any given week you might have, what, four or five people starting a new block? Um, yeah, so certain weeks are busier than others. So actually, uh, like tomorrow, I've already written, no, I have, um, <laughs> the, the new blocks. So, so tomorrow I have, um, tomorrow is a dense, is a dense day for me. Like some are more dense than others, but like I have somebody new starting with me that got referred to me from Marcellus cause he's full. Um, I have someone new starting with me, so plus I'll have yours, which is, you know, sort of those like brand new kind of like when you're changing a lot of stuff or, you know, especially like when people are like literally brand new, like, you know, it takes a little bit more like research and stuff like that to write it. Um, but yeah, I feel like there were some, there were some weeks like, you know, it'll change sometimes, like sometimes just based on when people are competing or whatever, like I'll have. I remember there was a few Sundays where I had like eight or something or like eight to 10 or something like that. And then, but like some weeks I'll have like three, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but like, they're not always like super difficult to write because if, you know, if, if it's like, if maybe we just started a new cycle or something like that, the last block and then the next one is, you know, we're keeping everything similar or dropping down reps or stuff like that. Like those are a little bit more straightforward but yeah right yeah yeah i mean i feel like in general like powerlifting is not you know compared to other sports powerlifting is not that complicated and Mm -hmm. um you know most of the time from one block to the next you're not really changing too much but like you said with people like in the position i'm in right now going from equip to back to a raw block where we're going to change some stuff i imagine that probably takes a little bit more a little bit more time a little bit more thought that first equip block I wrote for you. Was like, I was sitting how next to Mike. Like, like, how much like time? Like, how, much, how much time do you think accumulative went into the equipped block? The first equipped block. Oh god. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, like I remember sitting there for a while. Like I, like a few hours. I was doing. Yeah, like he was looking at other people that yeah. lift equipped and what they were doing techniques yeah. they use and like researching some stuff. I watched that Calgary Barbell video. Oh yeah, he wanted I to mean, do right by you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like he put a lot of effort. And I'm, into I mean, I'm, I'm still learning. Like, yeah, because I follow a lot of people that lift equipped. Um, because like I think it's cool. Like I think they're like, I've always kind of thought it was cool ever since I started like going to collegiate nationals um but you know obviously raw is is the more like accessible so like you know i feel like there's a pretty small percentage of people who actually coach equipped and i feel like a lot of the more 
evidence-based like coaching and stuff like that is catered toward raw at the at the moment aside from like what like mike t is doing like he's just a scientist but you know (laughs) well it's essentially because it's like it's almost like we're in like a new age of powerlifting in and of itself because equipped was the thing to do in the west side days right now raw is like the thing to do yeah and a lot of the like when i was first starting well i guess a little bit even before that like a lot of the programming science was based off of stuff that worked well for equipment, you know, like... Like box squats and... Yes. And things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, you don't program box squats? Dude. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I may have before... Okay, so my best friend Alvaro, uh, he's had a lot of random, like, injuries from powerlifters that do things other than power lifts, it never goes well. Like, like something, like, you, you break something or sprain something. Um, I feel like he had, like, a bad ankle injury or something, and he just couldn't get down there, and we had the box squat for a bit. But, you know, mm. yeah, that, that's about it. So, so on that... It's a necessity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, on that topic, what is the, like, weirdest or most unconventional lift that you've programmed for someone? Because I can think of one that you've given me. Uh-oh. That I'll, I'll wait until you answer before I say it. <laughs> you can probably know. You you've probably already know given what him I'm too much of a about. hint now. <laughs> what was it? That, a slingshot bench? Yeah, that's what I, I was mean, thinking of. I, I don't feel like that's too far off, though, because my reasoning with that was more so like. I don't know, like, I've, I've, I've seen, like, Mike T program slingshot for people, like, equip people before. So I was, you know, like in my head, I was like, okay, like it kind of makes sense. Like he'll be able to, and, and people do like Titan Ram stuff. So it's like, it's basically like the same thing as that. So that was, um, yeah, I'm just I think thinking he was like, just shocked. I think, that's I how think, it was. well, yeah. not necessarily a shock because it totally made sense in the context of like what, yeah. what we were doing. But like, if you just look at it without context, like if I just posted in the group chat, Hey, look, Traeger programming slingshot bench on Monday. Yeah. Like, like what, yeah. what, what's people's initial reaction to that is like, wh- wh- why are you programming slingshot? I think a lot of the guys in the group chat, though, would be like, yo, can I get slingshot? It's funny, though, because I feel like recently I've just kind of like, like, I used to be like, I used to be such an elitist with some things. Like, I would be like, I'm never going to fucking program that. (laughs) But now, now, now my mindset is more like, well, like, I I, I try to see the utility in things. Like, if there's something, like, unconventional, you know, um, even, like, doing singles after rep work, I've kind of changed my mind on that recently. Like, I used to be like, oh, why the fuck is that person doing a single? (laughs) You know, but, like, Um, I have a lot of anecdotal experience with that personally, but like it's, it's also helped some people who just feel like they need to warm up more before they do their singles or they feel like they're like not as sharp. Um, but yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of just realized that like, there's no like good or bad. There's just like, like if, if it's a tool and if it helps somebody, then, you know, so be it. So So I can put, I can have hip thrusts in my next block. (laughs) <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I want those too. Instead of well, barbell RDLs. Oh yeah. I hate RDLs. Bigger butt, bigger bench. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> bigger butt, bigger deadlift. Sure. For conventional, not really for sumo. I wouldn't. Well, for sumo, yeah, you could though, honestly. No, yeah, you just sumo is like bars. mostly quad. Yeah. yeah. 
It's a little hammy, but it's mostly quad. I feel like it's a lockout. It's a lot of glutes. I don't know. I'm... Mostly it's it's the knees extending and yeah. kind of pushing you up, though. Oh, got it. Because, like, got at it. least for me, I don't think it, it very minimal is coming from my hips themselves. It feels it. like it's all like my hips are rising very naturally, and then my knees are just what pushes me right. up to the top. Yeah, I'm still a complete noob to sumo, so I don't we'll know anything. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, like, I, I thought it was pretty solid today. It looks promising, especially with a suit. You know, I think, I think you'll, I think it'll cover the distance, at least in my opinion. Like, but like, if, if there is, you know, a gap between like raw sumo and conventional, I think at least like a suit would get you closer to maybe your raw conventional, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Which may be better for your hip back issues you know what i'm saying so yeah for me when my back is hurting from whatever um i don't i hardly ever feel it when i'm doing sumo it's like because it's so much leg so much quad that like i just don't i don't feel the pressure on my back that it would with like conventional that's Mm -hmm. why i switched to sumo um because i just have a history of back problems like Mm -hmm. i had like three bulging discs in my like lower lumbar spine and they've healed since then. I've done physical therapy and all that. But they still give me some, like, residual pain. So I was doing conventional, and it was just starting to hurt, like, way too much. On, just pulling so bad. Yeah, on deload week after states. Not deload, pivot week, whatever it was. Um, you First know, time I programmed something that for somebody, actually, by the way. Programmed, what, a pivot week? Yeah. Nice. Well. Um, but those deadlifts <laughs> killed me. Because <laughs> they were conventional, yeah. not sumo. Which was mm-hmm. good to change it up. But at one, I felt ridiculous. It felt, I felt, I yeah. felt like I was, I was like, what is this? Bad. I know, but they felt weird. And yeah. then my back was so sore. Yeah. Like my, my erectors were just on fire for like three yeah. days. It was, it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, y'all can keep conventional. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see myself ever switching. I had a lifter telling me the other day that I programmed very similar to like, Mike T's like emerging strategies and I was like oh my god (laughs) no compliment means more to me did you have programs that you did prior to getting like a coach did you have any online templates that you like learned from originally so yes and no um you you, do you know the masthetics people uh yeah so do you know? Piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, they kind of fell off the deep end. So masthetics. Mass masthetics. Yeah, that's so right. So it's like it, mass it was, and aesthetics. Yes, it was like the it was like these two dudes. Their names were Simon and Garrett, and my best friend Alvaro and I were like, I, I wouldn't say obsessed with them, but like we watched their stuff and like they did like this version of like conjugate lifting that they said was like adopted for. For raw lifting and so basically every we alternated every monday between like a max effort deadlift and squat and we tried to kind of like because we were we were kind of like figuring things out at this point like like i've always kind of like and we'll talk about this i guess on the podcast but i've always just kind of like like tried to piece together things like throughout my like lifting career i guess like you know figuring stuff out on my own or whatever um, we alternated every Monday between like the heavy squat and deadlift. And so every Monday was basically like a max effort Monday. And we used to just like kill ourselves with caffeine at like 6 PM and go into the gym and like our, we look, we look like shitting dogs and like all this stuff. Um, but like we were getting stronger, you know? Um, 
but that was like the first ever like structure I had because I never really I never I honestly never did like an actual like program aside from that. But like after we competed for the first time um, at Fall Fest twenty sixteen, we kind of like started going more toward like the like DUP type stuff and just kind of like slowly figuring that out. Um, then I had like a period where I was like squatting every day. That went really well for me uh, at the time. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then, like, 2017, I feel like, in January, I, I hired Chance Mitchell, and then ever since then, it's been on the DUP train, so. I can't even imagine squatting every day now. No. I put, yeah. I put, I mean, a, a, a large amount of it was probably just due to me getting comfortable with, like, heavy loads, but I put about 50 pounds on my squat in about the same number of days because yeah. I did it for just over a month. Um, so you did a squat tour, essentially. Yeah. Um, actually, it probably was... In the month of October? <laughs> <laughs> yes, a- yes, actually. It probably was. It was probably like from September to October. Yeah. Oh, actually, nice. Seriously. Nice. Yeah. So. Squat timber. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just so you know... We've been recording since we all sat down. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, Sorry. my God. Sorry. When you say we're going to discuss this on the pod, like, this is the pod. Wow. We're, we're like, halfway goal. done that already. Was Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. But that yeah. was the goal. It's, like, let's make it as, like, conversational and, like, chill as possible so it doesn't feel yeah, too, right. like, okay. formal. <laughs> we'll edit out the part about your uh, your charger, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize. But getting back to it, you know, you said you hired a coach for the first time in 2017. Yeah. Um, and then I know 2018 you did uh, collegiates in uh, Texas. Yeah. Um, so how did the lead up to that go? Was that like your first national meet, first yes. big meet? Yeah. Um, so that went really well um, leading up to that. Um, training was, yeah, training, like at that point, like training was just going honestly really well. Um I feel like there was this, and, and I, I tell her about this a lot, like, like from 20, like, basically, like, the beginning of the year, like, 2018 up until January was, like, some of the, like, quickest gains that I had made in my life. Um, so, yeah, I, I basically, my heaviest lifts in the gym leading up to that, I squatted, like, 215, 473, like one week out and then somehow added 12 and a half kilos to that and squatted 227 and a half, 501 at the meet and it looked about like how the 215 did. Um, and uh, I benched, I think my final bench single was a PR and then my final deadlift was like two and a half kilos off of a PR. So basically since then, actually that was my my best total, but I've, you know, I've, I've kind of either matched it since or, or been around at that point. So... But I'm finally, like, I'm finally kind of getting past. And that was, like, a big thing when I started with Marcellus was, like, I I just wanted to get back to, like, feeling like I was at my strongest, you know, and kind of, like, be able to push past that. And I feel like now I'm I'm pretty confidently past it and should be for battle, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems like you're you're back to that point. uh, Yeah. Like, in terms of strength. Yeah. Do you have any athletes that were in a similar position? Like where they kind of felt like they weren't progressing the way they needed to or 
where they really haven't been able to hit the same kind of weights, um, and that's why they started coaching, or that's why they moved on um, to coaching with you? Um, you mean like like got coaching from me, like chose to push chose, them past the plateau? Yes, yes. Um, I feel like maybe there were some people that that was their circumstance. Um. But I can't think of anybody who like explicitly, because like I feel like a lot of the people that would that would start with me were either coached by someone else or maybe they were like leading up to their first meet. Um, so yeah, I can't really I can't really specifically think of anybody. Maybe like Josh Wagner was somebody who kind of came to me with like a lot of like aches and, and naggy issues and stuff like that, but kind of like gradually like pushed past that I would say I, I would say maybe he comes to mind the most um yeah and when did you get into coaching because you said you started with Marcellus in 2017 no uh no that was Chance in 2017 I, I got into coaching um yeah I first started coaching my friends basically like just friends of mine at like my best friends at Carolina at the time um in like 2017, I would say the first meet that I ever actually like handled at was the NC State meet in 2017, very close to where we live now. Um, I handled my friend Sean, who I'm still coaching to this day. So my first like two clients I still coach, which I, I think is pretty cool. Um, I started out coaching them for free. Um, and then I think I, I don't think I charged anybody until like 2018 collegiates. Um, so I was coaching for free for about a, about a year at that point, basically. Was it pretty much like, okay, now we're at like a national level competition. So let's, I think, um, or was it more like, okay, I feel confident in the programming side. So now I want to make it like a business venture. Yeah. It, well, it, it was also more so I remember like, I remember like a Sunday night and I had like a few people to write training for and I also had like homework and stuff so I was like okay I should be like making some money from this you know <laughs> but like I feel like yeah I mean at first I, I kind of doubted I guess what I was giving people or, or doubted what I knew you know um, and like didn't necessarily know like the value that I like provided um, you know and felt like I mean I was I first started charging like 20 bucks because you know I, I was like I, I don't know like will people pay that you know I don't know but um yeah it, it was just it, it was more so that I didn't really I guess I, it took me a bit to get that like trust in what I was doing and to really feel like I was like providing something of value so Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I, it sounds like a pretty common way that people get into coaching, yeah. you know, just coaching their friends, doing it for free, kind of getting their feet wet, see if they even like coaching. Yeah. You know, for me, that was actually what I did, is I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna start coaching, I'm just going to coach a couple people for free, see if I like it, mm -hmm. and it basically, it wasn't that I didn't like it, it was more just, I don't have time for this, like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to continue doing this yeah so i you know i continued out coaching the the two or three people that i did until they were kind of done and then okay like well maybe we'll revisit it someday yeah. <laughs> when i have more time yeah. but i was on the complete opposite spectrum i didn't want to because i didn't want to i did i did i, I didn't want to get into it honestly i was a trainer full-time i train 40 to 45 hours a week like i'm 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 just i have personal training clients and that's my preference mm -hmm. 
but now I'm in a powerlifting gym. <laughs> yeah. And so it was inevitable, but I did fight it for a long time. I was like, Brenton, you can take all these people. I don't want yeah. any of them. Um, but it just became inevitable at some point. I, I did the personal training thing for about a month. To be fair, it was right. It was right before the pandemic started. Gotcha. So like the the Gold's Gym like closed down. Um, also, did you were you a Gold Gym employee or you were just like kind of freelance? Yes, I was an employee of Gold's. I was like a personal trainer of theirs. It was owned by um, some company that owns all the ones near like the Charlotte area, basically. Oh, so it was like a um, franchise, essentially. Yeah, franchise yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it was it was kind of a challenge at first because like you know obviously I was like used to powerlifting coaching used to people that are more motivated and and you know want to push themselves a little bit harder as opposed to people who are just kind of you know going to like maybe make themselves feel good like there were a good bit of like older clients because but so so basically like I took over for some dude who was like the strength guy, you know, apparently like, at the, like everybody has like a reputation and like this dude was apparently like the strength trainer, you know? And, um, you know, so I thought like these people would be a good fit, but like there was nothing really about them that was like, like uniquely like strength training focused or anything like that. Like most of, you know, like a lot of people just kind of want a personal trainer for like the accountability or like to, you know, like, like some of these people, I feel like it was maybe just to, get get in there and get them moving and stuff like that and um yeah that was kind of a challenging thing for me um it's definitely a different you know type of person that you know yeah yeah i've i mean i'm fortunate that um now at least here it because when i worked at goals it's the same thing it's mostly just people it's mostly older people who wanted just general movement they just wanted to be healthy just wanted to get activity throughout the week and then it was either like weight loss clients which is generally what we get the most at golds um and then it was uh, very rarely you'd get someone who just wanted to get stronger yeah Uh, but it mostly came down to just general movement or general health yeah Um, and fortunately now that's not a problem here um, it's mm-hmm. mostly people who want to get stronger, yeah. not specifically to powerlifting, just lifting in general. Yeah. But um, I'm fortunate that now I'm, I can be pickier about the clients because at Golds, you're kind of just whatever they hand you, you is hand, what yeah. you get. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the hands of other people. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. It seems like the uh, the Golds gym to powerlifting coach pipeline is a real thing because that's three people now because you two and then Steve Denovi. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's the right. The same exact that thing. That's right. Yeah. Well, he was like a... Uh, he was a fitness manager is what he said in the yeah, video. Yeah, which is, yeah, yeah. Which is what you did also, man. I did it without the title and without the pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because basically, like, after the pandemic, like, they made it, like... Well, I shouldn't say after, but, like, once it, like, reopened, like, everybody had left. Like, all the actual trainers had left, and they basically wanted me to, like, without pay, like, come in and, like, contact all of these clients from these other trainers and I was gonna like take them over like all at once or something like that they made it sound like and I just didn't I just I yeah. said like no no thanks I worked at a location and I won't say which location um, <laughs> that's the thing is that I, I loved my manager I did but he mm-hmm. um, he took advantage of my generosity mm-hmm. um, quite often and it was stressful but because I had my own job of like training clients and it was a full-time trainer yeah. plus teaching classes you know I ended up dropping off a lot but um had a ton of classes and 
then it was also like, oh, you get to make the fitness schedule. You get to call cold call all these people on this list. You get to do all the scheduling for the personal trainers. You get to do all these things. Right. It's like, I, you know, and no pay at all. Fitness yeah. managers should be able to make, you know, a decent amount, like 70 a year. Yeah. Like it's like generally like in the, at least in the corporate Gold's Gym locations, that was generally what everybody was making. But um, I didn't have a two-year degree, mm-hmm. so I couldn't get the job. But he was like, oh, but you can... Still do the job. Still do the job. You can be on the clock, but if you get overtime. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. The the bosses that won't pay overtime are just... Well, Gold's was super finicky um, just because, especially if you were a full-time employee, because then you get extra PTO because it like, it was, it was like automatically accrued. Like you just like, depending on how many hours that you worked, but like trainers were not supposed to work more than 25 hours a week. Because technically, like, really you shouldn't be, as large like actual training, you shouldn't be training more than 20 times per week. Uh, but 25 was considered, like, full-time. And then you were supposed to have maybe, like, six floor hours, which is when you're just doing computer work, programming for people, or cleaning up the gym, whatever. Um, so they were very, very picky about it, which was ridiculous. But you worked at a franchise, so I'm not sure if you had the same kind of situation or not. Um, yeah, there wasn't really anything that they, like... They didn't like having like mandates for us. It was pretty like, it was pretty lax. Like, but we were, the way that I understood it was like, we were basically responsible for like going around the gym, like shooting the shit with people, like trying to drum up business basically. Or like, we, we were also like expected to basically like stay there. And they had like a list of all potential people, you know, even people who had just like had a membership but like not checked in in a while mm-hmm. they wanted us to call and stuff like that to drum up business and i was just I hate cold calls yeah they're no. the worst and nobody yeah. nobody's receptive to them yeah either well they they let us text people but like so many people would either just not respond or they would respond negative like i didn't get it like i must have texted at one point there was like 50 people just like copy and paste copy and and I must have had like like at one point through my phone like fifty different conversations with people that I just cold texted, if you will, and yeah. they just Yeah. So There's only only so many fuck yous that you can accept <laughs> from <Yeah>. people. <laughs> yeah. So how does uh how does coaching, you know, powerlifting clients compare as far as like enjoyment to that? From a coaching perspective? Yeah. Or just, like, the kind of the job in general. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's, it's you know, I have a lot more, um, what's the word? I have a lot more, like, input, like, both, like, emotionally and, and you know, I feel like it's more of a creative outlet for me, um, you know, than, than just kind of taking somebody through a workout that, like, helps them feel good or gets them moving for the day or something like that. Um, you know, and then also just obviously seeing the, seeing the training and everything like that come together at the competition. I mean, that is what makes it worth it for me, you know, um, it's like very tangible goals that you're able to yes. like see through from start to finish. Yes. And, you know, signing up for a competition and stuff like that. And, and, you know, kind of the commitment that comes along with that is, I feel like a lot more like, what's the word? Like, like you, you it requires a lot more buy-in obviously than just somebody like that may purchase personal training you know for a month and then be done with it um so obviously for me it's it's a lot more enjoyable i I feel like it's it's what i would want to do i I, you know 
I'm a lot more personally motivated to grow my coaching business than I would be to acquire more personal training clients. And that was my, that was my big thing from just ever pursuing that further because, you know, obviously like I would be able to get, I would make more money if I did both of them, but you know, putting all my eggs into one basket is kind of what I'd rather do. Yeah. Well, and it's like goals change over time. So there may come a time later on, like in three, four years where you're like, maybe I will take on like a couple people or something like, and there's, that's the same thing with like, with me, it's like, I didn't want to coach at all. Didn't want to touch that. Didn't want to. And also don't particularly love children either, but now I'm teaching youth classes because it's something that I see as a need. Right. So it just like evolves over time. But that's the beauty of also being your own boss is that you can change the rules whenever you want (laughs) and start, you know, training and and coaching, you know, Mm -hmm. different age groups and stuff. So do you coach full time now? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Um, do you have any like uh, like business goals or anything that you want to see? Um, I not specifically. I just I just kind of want to keep expanding. Um, you know, I uh, I feel like there's a lot of room for you know for me to personally take on more and and you know like this is the first year I think that I'll be going to both collegiate nationals, raw nationals, you know, and and have three athletes at each, you know, so it's not like I'm just, you know, like one person at each, you know, it's, it's, it's getting bigger. I feel like I have more and more people at the, that want to compete at the national level that are striving for that, um, than I've ever had before. Um, and you know, I, my biggest goal is to just be a household name, I guess, with, you know, some of the bigger coaches that I personally look up to. Um, you know, consistently have people competing at nationals consistently, you know, pushing people toward that level. And, you know, so that, that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're well on your way to that. Like you said, I mean, having multiple people competing in nationals this year is already a a big step towards that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, seeing the, uh, the informative Traeger posts, uh, you know, once every, you know, four or five months. Um, Yeah. That, that was a big thing for me because it's, it's, it's kind of intimidating to put your knowledge out there, you know? Um, well, I you, push him to make those sometimes because yeah. he's, like you said, he's nervous to put them out because how's it going to be received? Are people going to doubt him? Like, does he really know what he's talking about? Things like that. But he has so much knowledge. I mean, he talks to me about it all the time, obviously, because we're with each just other every day. Just ramble about shit. Yeah, he'll just ramble it off. And I'm yeah. like, why don't you do a post about <laughs> right. this? Just yeah. like, let it out there. People don't talk to you like this every day. So, yeah. you know, people would like to, you know, hear what he, he knows. Yeah. And I think it would help him grow his business, too, because people would see, you know, kind of like how Steve Genovi, he puts out a lot of informative content. And people are like, oh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. he knows his shit. Like, YouTube. So like, they trust you know, him. Hours yeah. long of YouTube videos. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I respect that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. The, well, the good news is, regardless of, like, whether or not what your position is on a specific topic, mm-hmm. is that within powerlifting specifically, within fitness at all, I and mean, the whole realm of fitness there are just so many different approaches to so many different things yeah. that it's almost impossible to be wrong it's more it's yeah. like you know yeah. which way is the most effective in your yeah. anecdotal experience but also like you know from what you've seen from other people yeah that's a good um, point. so it's not always just like oh is this going to be like the best 
um, the best possible way to do this thing. It's more it's like, okay, for me, from my experience and with my clients and the people that I've you know trained, this yeah. is what I have seen. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to like explain stuff too that like even if like sometimes I'll feel like that you know there, there's so many coaches across Instagram now that are posting different things and you know trying to get their content out and, and stuff and you know e- even if even if I feel like maybe I'm beating a dead horse or something if if I describe something in a way that maybe clicks with somebody that it didn't before you know even if it's just like one or two people you know then I, I guess that's a win you know if if some somebody maybe didn't understand something in a certain way before but if I explain it you know maybe just the right way that clicks with them then you know it 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 accomplishes the goal I suppose so and like she said some coaches have different approaches right they have different opinions you may have an approach that someone likes versus maybe they didn't like an approach another coach had so they decide to come to you because you know you have a different viewpoint on things Mm -hmm. you know it's good to always get that out there yeah you also never know when someone's like on the fence about getting coaching yeah. and then they read yeah. something and they're like, oh, that person kind of like knows yeah. what they're talking about. That sounds like a, you know, and it kind yeah. of incentivizes them, whether it's with you or whether it's just in general, like reaching out to different coaches to get like ideas about like, yeah. you know, pricing and programming structures and stuff like that. Like sometimes it's just people who have heard the name and see like an informative thing and that kind of like helps them make a decision to get coaching or mm-hmm. you know, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah, that but also just kind of like seeing you coach people at meets, you know, like what sold me on on you and your coaching was seeing you handle your athletes at collegiates, you know, and it was like, oh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. I see how he interacts with his with his lifters and, you know, it's it's. So going to more, you know, these these bigger meets, you know, it's definitely kind of like a like a good marketing opportunity. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And uh I mean, shout out to you guys for the, you know, probably the biggest advertising opportunity. <laughs> getting While to, you're here, drop some training knowledge. Getting, getting to actually, like, advertise the shirts at Nationals. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I, I remember, uh, I think I was on the plane last year, and I, re- I, was, I realized, like, oh, shit, these people won't be able to wear my shirts, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's a big opportunity. And then, you know, just um, I... I kind of value like my present or, or not well like it, it, it's important for me to show up for my lifters to beat to support them to fucking hustle and load plates as quickly as I can <laughs> like I love doing that stuff like that like you he's know. the fastest plate loader in the west he <laughs> says that so what you're that saying is that if ever you do a spotting and loading position out of me you'd be the best one on the platform dude I I, I honestly sure. sometimes feel like I could load a single platform like quicker than the actual yeah like like, <laughs> like that like that may sound like such a douchey thing to say but I don't know but yeah but I, I, I don't know like like I just really enjoy kind of like because that was probably my single biggest draw to coaching initially was kind of just like the game day aspect of things like calling attempts like having all this stuff on point like being really solid for people like timing warm-ups plate loading you know being able to work in with other people and like being able to call out numbers and kilos and you know like you know, just be quick with it because if you have like at winter record, there was one, there was one ER rack in the warm up area, and everybody's trying to get on it because that's what you're competing on, you know. 
and there were like 10 people on this one rack, maybe, probably not 10, but like six or eight people on this one ER rack in the warm-up area, and like, you have to go quick in those situations, and like, you have to, like, you know, you guys know, every single meet that you're doing with me, your attempts are gonna be planned, your warm-ups are gonna be planned, and like, we're gonna stick with that, and like, we're gonna, you know, do what you've done in training, and you know, so I really, I really enjoy going to meets, handling people, you know, interacting and stuff and I try to make that something that I really like stand out you know when, with my coaching service so did you know that that would be your favorite part when you got into it or you kind of discovered that after I, the fact I didn't really know what my favorite part would be I, I guess I just yeah I think that was something that I kind of figured out like I, I just really like I like in 2018 at, at collegiate nationals that was my first experience and just seeing everybody there like in, in the warm-up area and just you know because you get thrown in the fire quickly at national meets, you know, if, if you've never been in that situation before, you know, there's a ton of shit going on all around you. You have to, you know, you may have like five people warming up on a single rack and you have to know what you're doing. You have to be prepared. Um, well, a lifter also <clears throat> at national meets needs a coach there to like stick up oh, for yeah, that oh, and yeah. like yeah. push, God. yeah, basically like God bless anybody. To, Get on yeah. A rack. yeah. God bless anybody who goes to nationals I just can't imagine having to like at a national level meet having to pay attention of like the flow of the flight to make sure that you're going on at the right time because yeah there are TCs but you're not always where you need to be at the right time and yep. it's also like timing the warm-ups and loading the bars and making sure that like everything is you know in the order that it needs to be i can't imagine doing that especially because i've only been to um collegiate nationals with you that was the only mm-hmm. national level meet i've been to but that was insane <laughs> there's In, so much going uh, 20, on 2019 um i handled i was handling somebody else's lifters and i had on one day in the same session i believe i had either four or five people all on different there they were it was a five platform meet all on different platforms and that was you got your cardio in that day. It was, it was stressful. <laughs> it was stressful, but I was I was like I was so alive. I was like so yeah. sharp. I was like, okay, I gotta be here, and then I gotta be here, and then I gotta be here. You know, just like I remember, just like running back and forth through the warm up area, and um, that was probably the single toughest experience I've had. And then I had um, like nine people at the at the state meet this past summer, um, and and you helped me out with that a lot and um you know because it's i mean i feel like that was also like you know like it, it's different when you like cover a wide area when there's like a like the warm-up area is all the way over here and then the platform is all the way over here you can't possibly run back and forth you know states is states was much harder than nc state because the yeah. warm-up area was in a completely yeah. separate yeah, room exactly yeah yeah that's when you need like walkie-talkies Mm-hmm. Like to Dude, be able to communicate. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> you know what also exists? Cell phones. <laughs> that's that's all. Yeah, that's yeah. But it's not as cool, you yeah. know. Like, <laughs> yeah. but um, the Upstate Classic. Um, I have seven people doing the open day, so that'll be. But like, all obviously, yes, she is one of them. <laughs> so you excited. made it. You made the open yeah. spot. <laughs> It was um, for those that don't know, um, and I, most of you wouldn't. Then um, 
So Bree, <laughs> she messaged us like, is there a spot available? And we were like, no, but we promise we'll let you know. She's like, can I go ahead and just like, Marshall's like, maybe we can just like let her register and then when a spot opens, because inevitably it's going to happen, a spot's going to yeah. open. That way she can already time. be registered. Yeah. And I was like, no, because like, we don't want to take that chance. We don't want to <laughs> take the chance. And literally that night, someone dropped it off. <laughs> at 2 a.m., she said? I got a message at 2 a.m. Yeah. email. Yeah. The, I guy was was, the guy was up with, he had his yeah. newborn baby. He was up with his newborn baby. Oh. Um. Oh. And so he had sent us an email, yeah. and um, and I was like, breathe. Because you were you were next on the waiting list. It was true, you were next on the waiting list. Yeah. But I was like, I don't, I don't want to take the chance of her spending 120 bucks and not being able to like follow. Right. Oh no, I was ready. So even, <laughs> even before you told me a spot was open, I I asked Eric, I'm like, I'm gonna get on a wait list, you know try to get into it because I really wanted to do that meet and it filled mm-hmm. up so fast. I just couldn't get into the, it. The first two flights filled up in the first day. Yeah. And then like halfway through the week we ended up opening up a third flight. Yeah. It was crazy. And so I was talking to Eric about my training and I was like, you know, I was like, can I just do like a meat prep training like r- type of thing just so if something opens up like right like yeah. maybe a day before the meet <laughs> I can be like I'm ready <laughs> you know but I mean it just happened to work <laughs> out <laughs> I would do it I would do it like, you'd be ready for it <laughs> I would be yeah I would be that fucking crazy peaked out a moment's just, notice yeah <laughs> I wouldn't be ready but I would go for it yeah. it'd be good if you don't have to like cut or anything either like if you just get to go in like as is yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing right now I'm gonna have to cut so yeah a little he tells me not to. I am but. so glad I don't have to cut anymore. Yeah. I am so glad there's a 90 kilo class now. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't actually cut. I mean, I've like, I would call it like managing my weight, but like I haven't actually like cut weight for a meet since 2017 battle on the border. Um, Cause I've, I've just kind of always, I've always hovered between the like 110 to like 120 kilo range. So I've just never, I've never had a need to. It's a a weight, I guess I just said that comfortably, I don't know. Yeah, I've always been, because like, I I typically sit around 200 on a given Mm -hmm. day. Yeah. And it's either cut 15 pounds to compete with people who are like actually within my weight range, Mm -hmm. or compete against someone who weighs 50, 60, 80 more pounds than me, and is going to be lifting a significantly more amount than me. And obviously it's like... Mm -hmm. When you're a lighter weight, your score overall is better, but at a local meet, it's just weight lifted. That's yeah. the weight that, that they're judging. So yeah. it's, it's I'm, I'm so relieved that 90 is a, is a weight class now. I'm yeah. so glad. Yeah. <laughs> I know some people got screwed over with the weight class changes, but yeah. there being more options for women. 69 is, was such a good middle ground for me, I feel like, because I just feel comfortable at 68. Like, I feel my strongest. I still feel lean, but I still feel good, mm-hmm. like strong enough to lift us like a surmountable amount of weight but like having to cut to 67 and a half and I've technically competed below that in both of my meets that I've done so far so I mean I can get down on that weight and still compete and lift weight but it's like I don't feel good yeah like I feel like I'm destroying my body <laughs> at that low of a weight I just don't I don't like feeling that light yeah I feel the same way every time I had to cut to 185 yeah just and I, I've, and I've yet to have a meet where I like successfully cut every single pound that I needed to. But I still am like suffering through the meet because I lost 
15, 20 pounds to get there. Yeah. And it's not about looking thin. No. Like, definitely not for me. Like, I just want to be thin. competitive with the exactly. people in the weight class. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not competitive. I'm not really competitive in the 75 class. Mm-hmm. So I really just want to, and I'm not even really competitive yet in the 67 and a half. But that's what I'm pushing towards. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. We've got a lot of. Eric and I have a lot of talking about it to do. We'll figure it out. First chance in eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Alright. So we're gonna try a new segment for uh-huh. this podcast. Uh-oh. Um based so on requests from people. Based so. on popular demands. Yeah. Uh we're gonna we're gonna have a uh, beef of the week. Oh my so God. I'll, I'll <laughs> <laughs> could get dangerous I'll, I'll start it doesn't have to be anything serious i'll start so my beef of the week is with the uprights on the road combo rack if they could be just an inch or two more narrow mm-hmm. life would be good it would be the perfect rack mm-hmm. but i'm beefing with the width of, of of the uprights didn't um didn't uh what's his name eric lapointe do something yeah so okay. Some modification. So he had some guy come in and cut it, like yeah. and and with like a blowtorch and cut like an inch or two off of the the actual rack mm-hmm. and the bench because it had to line up and then weld it back together. So he has the only rogue rack in existence that is narrower than all of the others. Uh-huh. Wow. And technically, that means it's out of IPF spec, but that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So we we might have to consider something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I saw that and I I I thought that was really interesting to like have it like modified like that. Yeah. If I had a blowtorch and knew how to weld, I'd do it. There, there's some you could find. (laughs) Nathan's about to get his welding certification. We have to come out. Come do it. I do know how to weld. Whoa. Yeah, my dad used to do it a lot because he, he had a, like a garage door business when I was young. He did a lot of construction and stuff like that. So when he would work on garage doors, sometimes he would have to like weld pieces together to get them to work and stuff. And that's where he would take me instead of sending me to a babysitter during <laughs> the summers, like when I was off from school. So I'd go and watch him do stuff and he would like teach me all these things. But like... I'm not gonna try it on your rack. I don't try not it. on your $30 rack. But, uh, just no, so no, you know, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust my skills. But that fun fact, yeah, I actually do know how to weld. But in a bind, I can weld something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you need like your car worked on or something, yeah. I can I can try my best. Okay. <laughs> so Megan, what's your uh, what's your beef of the week? That chicken nuggets and chicken tenders are $10 a bag or more, no matter where you go. Yeah. And right now, there's a fucking shortage on chicken nuggets and chicken tenders <laughs> everywhere. And I don't understand it. We buy, like, four or five bags of, like, the air-fried chicken nuggets oh, yeah. per week. And yeah. we're spending half of our grocery budget mm. on chicken tenders yeah. per week. And yeah. it's like, yeah. I don't I don't understand because it's only a quarter of the way full of the bag. Mm-hmm. You really, We are only getting, like two meals out of a bag because mm-hmm. well, two meals a piece out of a bag maybe if we push the bag a little bit but it's like it's mostly <laughs> air and it's just breaded chicken and I don't understand why it's I just don't get it I don't yeah. understand it yeah. that's my beef not actual beef it's chicken but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> your beef of the week is chicken nice nice yeah my turn Eric what's your beef of the week so 
You you have Harris Teeter in South Carolina, right? Have you have, have you guys ever <laughs> drank the Carbmaster milk? Um, Carbmaster. It's 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 called Carbmaster. It's like chocolate milk. Yeah, it's it's protein. it's chocolate milk oh. that's um if you're listening to this and you live in North or South Carolina and you have a Harris Teeter and you're not on this already, you need to get on it because it's 80 calories, zero grams of fat, like negligible amount of carbs and 11 grams of protein per serving. And, and usually a lot of the time they have, it's, it's either $4 or they have it for like two for seven. Every now and then, um, they, they're out of it. And I have been to maybe like four Harris Teeters by us, and they're at a Carbmaster. And I drink that for a large amount of my protein. Um, so I've had to get the, the Fairlife Nutrition Plan shakes, mm. which are which are really good. Like, they're I tasty, love those. Yeah, but they're they are. not, the macros aren't, they're not equivalent. Yeah. And yeah. you have protein powder that you can drink. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, like, no. Protein powder is like a last resort kind of situation. Yeah. Like now there are so many better options for protein drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you can avoid protein powder, it's better. Mm-hmm. Like he loves this, those core power things. Yeah. Ooh, this, this, <laughs> this, this. I think they're gross. They're so like, so like this water. tastes better. This tastes better, but doesn't have as much protein. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but uh, Carbmaster. It's it's chocolate. It it just basically sort of tastes like Fairlife, like the actual Fairlife, but doesn't have like you can tell it doesn't have any like fat in it. It's like it's like a little bit lower carb, but really really tastes good. Like I like I, I enjoy drinking it. So yeah. So Harris Teeter, get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's also like I like I understand there's like shortages and stuff, so that's probably why. But before Harris Teeters. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're two uh, grocery store related beefs in a row. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. Uh, didn't see that. Yeah, one. that that gave me the idea. So. <laughs> I, I knew exactly what it was gonna say. <laughs> We've been traveling. Where did we go? Did you know I was gonna say that? Yeah. I, as soon as you said, I don't know if you guys uh, do. You have Harris Teeter. Oh, I knew oh. you were gonna say that. Yeah. You didn't know it before you started speaking. Because where where were we? We were like far away from like our house in Raleigh. I in think Chapel Hill. Yeah, we were in Chapel Thursday Hill. Night, yeah. So we went to Yopo. Like our date night is like Thursday, Thursday nights because neither of us lived and whatever. Anyway, so we went to Yopo that night and he was like, "It's a it's a frozen yogurt place in Chapel Hill." Yeah, and he he's like, "I think there are like five different Harris TVs." He's telling me he's like, "I think maybe I've heard the one down here." And then, in my head, I knew he was going to say, let's try to go to all of them and see if they No, I did not. I, I didn't say that. Yeah, no, I said, in my head, I thought um, that's what you yeah. were going to do. So, like, up front, I said, we are not going to every hair in Chapel Hill. Like, it was already, like, 9 at night. And I was like, I am not running around Chapel Hill trying to find Carbmaster. <laughs> and they didn't have it the hair seater we no. went to either. So, he was sad. So, that's definitely his big you might just have to, Can you, like... Subscribe and save on Amazon because like you can get it where they like put it in the cold box. So uh-huh. it's a Harris Teeter only brand. Oh, which is, yeah. So it's like, made by Harris yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sad. Yeah. Hmm. You could probably order it online from Harris Teeter. Uh, maybe. Like check when they have it in stock and just buy it. Yeah. Just buy all of it before. <laughs> Do they deliver groceries though? Yeah, um, most of the time now, it's like even if like Harris Teeter themselves doesn't, like they're partnered uh, with DoorDash yeah. or Uber Eats yeah, or something, card, and you yeah. can like order 
through yeah. there, but like they do it through like a, a second, like a third party. Yeah, that probably doesn't show if it's in stock or not, though. Right. Eh. Yeah. It's a risk you gotta take. Bree, what's your beef of the week? Do you have one? Shoot. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess my main one would be like, you guys watch Game of Thrones. Oh, I've watched Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. So, I love I loved that show. Honestly, I've rewatched it so many times I can't even count. So they're doing like a spinoff based on like the Targaryen people mm-hmm. and it's got Matt Smith in it. I'm so excited. Yeah. About <laughs> and my sister just informed me that they canceled it. What? That they're not going to release it because it cost too much money. They said it was like thirty million for like just the first episode. It seemed inconclusive because yeah. I, I saw like different articles yeah. that said it was canceled versus. So my beef of the week with my is my with my sister <laughs> <laughs> scaring the shit out of me. What's her Instagram handle? <laughs> <laughs> we can attack her. <laughs> no, I don't want to get threatened. I don't know. This is between me and her. Anybody else listening to the podcast? I can. I'm the only one that can threaten her life. <laughs> We're blood related. No, okay, so my beef was with her because I looked it up. And I looked at so many different articles because I was freaking out. I was so sad. I was like, you cannot tell me this is going to be canceled. And they didn't cancel it. There was another spinoff that they were going to do, and it was a different right. name or something. Mm-hmm. And they did cancel that one because it didn't get much pull, I guess, from investors or like people viewing the show up front to see if they're going to continue with it. But I looked it up and I read that they're actually coming out with it sometime in 2022. <laughs> so me and my sister about had a knockdown drag out because she had me anxiety up here. And well, especially I, when it's like I don't know how you felt about the last season, but like yeah. I didn't feel not that I hated it. I just didn't feel completely satisfied with the way that it ended. And no, so it's almost either. like this show could give you a sense of like redemption for the world yeah. of Game of Thrones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we don't have the books. We don't have the end of the books. He's not done with them yet. So, like, we yeah. don't know how he's Which actually going to end crazy. it. She but. had me watch that whole thing, and I honestly had no clue what was going on but most I'm, of the time. I'm reading the We rewatched watched the first season. I tried to get through the first season with him. It's like, we had, I think, watched the first season three times all the way through. He still couldn't, like... Yeah. yeah. He it just, like, restarted and restarted. There's a lot going on. It was, honestly, it was more of, like, I think I watched, like, the last two seasons with you, and I think knowing how it ended and knowing how terrible, like, the ending was, it was just, like, no motivation. Well, the thing is, I, a lot of people were like, oh, oh man, it just has ended so badly. And I was like, if you really pay attention, it's not surprising the way that it ended. Well, I don't it's think more, it was... It's more, it's just, like, nobody really wanted... If you well, haven't seen it, just, like, It, it was probably just the execution was bad. I like, think the I do, idea I do, was not I do think terrible. that the writers ended up kind of, like, slacking off a little bit just because they had Star Wars and other things going on, but... Um, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not surprising to me that Daenerys went crazy. It is not surprising to me that she died in the end. I don't love that she died oh, in the shit. end, but... <laughs> oh, 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 wait a minute. This show has been done for three years now. It's been, yeah. it's been done for three years. If you don't know the ending, then, like, you were never planning to watch Game of Thrones anyway. You live on the rock if you don't know the ending of this um, show. Yeah. I mean, I was really disappointed in the whole brand becoming king of the north, but... Or not king of the north, king of the... The whole West the whole West. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was disappointed in that, too. I don't know. I'm a big, like, Lord of the Rings fan, too. Like, Lord of the Rings is, like... I read the book. I own the book. I've seen all the... I, I own all the movies on Extended, the Extended Edition. 
Uh, oh, that's the only edition. The best one. <laughs> They're so good. That is my favorite series of all time. My favorite movie, favorite lore, like all of that. So when Game of Thrones came out, I was like, oh, okay, this is real interesting. And that's what got me into it is because it's kind of like that same vibe you get from Lord of the Rings. Um, I don't know. I just loved it. It was good. And my sister almost broke my heart because of lies. Yeah, my people of the week. Yeah, April, if you're listening, <laughs> don't scare me like that. <laughs> uh, you have to cite your sources when you give information like that. You exactly. <laughs> and I asked her where she saw that it was canceled, and she's like, I don't know, saw it online somewhere. And I'm like, that is not like. Did you read a headline or did you actually read an article? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I need like five sources. And you, they can't be from Wikipedia. Well, that's the thing. Chances are, she probably saw the like the actual like the because you know they release stills from the show. They because they've yeah, already announced it. Exactly. So they have probably had a still of the show on the headline, like yeah. a clickbait essentially for yeah. the announcement of the actual cancellation. She's on Twitter show. a lot, so I mean, mm-hmm. I assume she saw it somewhere on Twitter too. Yeah. But like, I'm on Twitter quite a bit too, and I've never seen anything like that about it being canceled. Deep yeah. beef, man. Deep beef. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'm over it now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I don't know. TBD. We did just have a ten minute conversation. <laughs> TBD. Wow. All right. Well, uh, where can we find you? Anything that you want to uh, plug before we uh, before we end it? Um, nothing specific. Um, I am at Traeger Strength on Instagram. Um. You can find uh, you can find like you know links for like my email address for coaching or DM or anything like that. Um, but yeah, other than that. And your next meet is battle, right? Yes. That's when you're competing next. In five weeks. Yep. Five weeks. Five weeks. Eight weeks. Five weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 gonna be a like really seriously very busy coming up. Um, I'm next thankful. Yeah, I'm thankful that uh, I compete like a week before I have to fly out. To collegiates, so yeah. the day um, after my birthday, yeah. we're going to collegiates. Oh wow! Yeah, at least you get yeah. your birthday. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I uh, I booked the hotel and like, I, I it's my I'm considering it like half his like work weekend, <laughs> birthday celebration. Right. Oh, nice. So we'll see how that goes. So uh, when are you guys gonna be getting there? Because I'm gonna be there the first week for oh, really? teen and high school nationals because oh, I'm, I'm helping out. Oh, we're getting there uh, Saturday night, the 26th. Yeah. No, we're getting there Saturday morning, 7 a.m. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I might catch you on like the way out then because okay. that's that's my I'm leaving I think that evening. Okay. What are you specific? Are you you're directing? Um, I'm helping out with like the technical stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, so I got a little, I got nice. a nice little, little gig there, at the yeah. national office. All right. Cool. So. Oh, you, I saw that you. Uh, yeah, I saw that you like applied for that or something. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. So. All right. Cool. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Thanks All for right. doing this. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks for sitting thanks down for with us. <laughs> Even though for the first three. Yeah, we have no, I had no <laughs> idea. I even got up. And you didn't think that I would have saw it on the computer. So I'm 